for club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it full of psychopaths who believe in eugenics it's an evil club and you ain't in it how's it going brother going good okay uh welcome everybody this is the reality czars podcast uh we're your hosts nathan and tony tony how's your day going man they feel pretty mellow, man. Just um, I went down to the um, Saturday market, which is this local crafts fair that happens in Portland. Um, haven't been there in years. You usually it's really crowded. Um, not so much today on the account of the rain and just on the account of no one goes outside anymore. But yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, I haven't been there in a while either. Uh, the last time I was there was definitely pre-COVID, so. Probably, I don't know, summer of 2019, maybe. Okay. So not too long ago, but uh, BC before COVID. <laughs> yeah, I, I I stopped actually going. I think even before the COVID thing, just because it's it's downtown and it's really shitty downtown. Like it just you could smell the urine. It's um, it's pretty gnarly, but. It's not in a great part of downtown either. Like that whole waterfront is just so gnarly. It's, you know, it could be pretty, but it's not. <laughs> it's like, it's pretty if you can like, I, I don't know. If you don't have a nose. Yeah, it's, you know, what's so weird is like, because you know how shitty that little waterfront area is. Like it's just overrun with homeless people. Well, I took my wife, we, uh, I think a couple weeks ago, uh, we went out to Vancouver and we walked along the little boardwalk out there. We got ice cream and hung out. Not a single homeless person. There was no trash. They had a little beach that you could go down and sit on. Like, I don't know what it is, but as soon as you cross the bridge, I'm sure there are homeless people over there, but like not even a tenth. Yeah. It's wild. It their coast is clean, and then right across the river, it's a shithole. Borrowing Donald Trump's term for shitty countries, yeah, Portland's a shithole country. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's some kind of policy thing. Um, I'm sure that we just we probably bust people in or something. I mean. There's a whole history here of people bussing people in for votes. People with a lot of mental problems and just kind of dropping them off here when we're done. It's kind of sad. Yeah, I'd heard a few things. Uh, and I, I'm i trying to remember uh, what were those crazy um, there were some crazy cults. Do you, you know who I'm talking about? The Rajneesh guys like the, the there's they, there's a netflix documentary on them you know who i'm talking about yeah like the rajanish i want to say it could be yeah and they had like a godlike figure that was from india who was their guru and uh they were trying to take over a town which i thought was really interesting and they almost did it like i almost dude that's exactly what libertarians need to do we need to watch that as a case study because I think we could. We could make our own town. Um, but then we'd end up killing each other because libertarians fight like cats and dogs. <laughs> Maybe. 
Yeah, they're nuts. But we could do it, and it would be great for 10 minutes, and then it would blow up in our faces. Uh, but long story short, those guys, they wanted people to help them. They wanted, um, they wanted more votes, I guess, because they had to like vote themselves as a town. Like They had to some crazy shit. And so they actually shipped in goo gobs, thousands of homeless people uh, from New York, from uh, like San Francisco, from I don't know about New York, that's far away, but definitely from Seattle and San Francisco, and brought them here to the Oregon area. And we can probably blame a bunch of at least making this a homeless mecca from them. Yeah. I mean, I doubt that that was the only time someone thought to do that. That's no, I'm sure every fucking four years they need a <laughs> for some congressman every couple years. Uh, my wife just pulled it up. It's the Rajneesh Purim. That's what they were called. And that was in Antelope, Oregon. In 1981, a religious intentional community in Wasco County, Oregon, incorporated as a city between 1981 and 1988. Its population consisted entirely of the Rajneeshes, the followers of the spiritual teacher Rajneesh, later known as Osho. That's right, Osho is that crazy guy. Pretty fascinating. They were the first ones that, like, they tried to use, well, I don't know if the first, but they tried to use uh, bioterrorism. Did you hear about that? Wasn't they trying to poison some salad bars? Yeah, yeah. There was like an all-you-could-eat buffet, and they were like, "I were they putting like, oh, what? What's the fucking powder? The, you know what I'm talking about? The white fucking powder? Oh, anthrax. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were trying to use anthrax. Okay, that's and scary. trying to just <laughs> just fucking kill people. They might have killed a couple people actually. I don't actually know. <clears throat> I thought I know that they got, definitely got some people sick, but I think they might have killed a couple couple folks. Anyways, that's interesting. And uh, long story short, Vancouver is still pretty, uh, and Portland's a shithole. That was the whole long and short of that. <laughs> uh, yeah. We were up in actually we were in Vancouver today, and uh, then we. Went and stopped at a friend's restaurant and ate. And we were down in Burnside in Portland for a little bit. And okay. Hung out. And uh, then I had a massive food coma that I had to sleep off. And uh, here I am, man. <laughs> uh, I was trying to read up on... Give me one second. What the heck are these guys called? It's called... Um... Uh... Oh, have are you familiar with Deagle? Deagle dot com with a D. Yeah. No. D D E D E A G E L Deagle. <clears throat> so they're like an aviation and military, uh, aviation and military like some sort of like catalog. I think you can order crazy fucking weapons and weird shit. It's for governments like you and I. I don't think. We can buy, you know, like Apache helicopters on there or something. But this is for like military people, and every year they have uh, predictions, right? And I had, and I had just heard about this a while ago, so I was trying to do some research about it before the episode today. 
And they had a prediction, I think it was in, what was, uh, in 2015, uh, that by uh, 2025, the United States, so the way they accumulate their data, so they do a lot of forecasting, right? And the way they do their, the way they get their data is through the CIA, they say, let me see, it has a list, it says, um, so the majority of their economic and demographic data used in the making of their forecasts are is widely available by institutions such as the CIA, the IMF, the UN, and the U.S. government. And and so they, based off of all just the dumb shit that the government puts out, because like, dude, if you ever want to know what the hell the government's doing, go to their websites. They fucking tell you. And they call us conspiracy theorists when we just say, Hey, look at their website right here when they say they're going to do that. And they're like, shut up, conspiracy theorist. I'm like, it says the fucking CIA. It says it right there. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so Deagle is like a big fucking, it sounds like a contractor kind of like catalog. And anyways, their forecast by 2025 was that the United States was going to have, uh, it was going to be a, a shadow of its former self, it was going to be reduced. Its population was going to be reduced by 78%. It's, wow. <laughs> and that, uh, and at the time it was 318 billion people back in 2015, they said it was going to be reduced to, I think it was 64 billion people are going to be what's left or 64 million. I said million. billion. Yeah ridiculous sorry it was 318 million people and they said it was going to be reduced by 78 percent and there was going to be 64 64 million people left and that our our gdp is going to go from it was 19 no 17 trillion dollars and it's they said it's going to go down to like 8 billion I mean, I don't know about the reduced population, but I could definitely see us not being a country anymore in another 10 years. I could see and that would drastically decrease the GDP. Um, yeah, I, I would be surprised if we're still a country in 10 years. I mean, look well, at the dude, way- this is five years now. Yeah. <laughs> that was 2015, man. Yeah, no. Uh, I don't know, dude. I. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. So what are their... <clears throat> of course, my first thought was like, okay, well, what's the population they're shooting for to get vaccinated? <laughs> you know? Uh, something like that, yeah. I mean, I'm sure they want like 90%, but... <sighs> I don't know, dude. What What are your thoughts on that? Well, okay, so I, I mean, it's really hard to conceptualize like that drastic of a population decrease within the next five years so and i don't even want to go there so that shit's <laughs> dark <laughs> yeah like like there's no like there's gonna be no semblance of order if that happens um i would be really surprised if we maintain the country that much longer it just feels like there's too much dividing us i mean i don't want to remain this unified country if we're gonna be this divided if we're gonna be like, I can see how it could work. I can see if everyone just chills the fuck out. We can just kind of go about doing our things. 
But, man, like, I do not see that happening at all right now. Like, there's too much ideological divide. I mean, it's not even like people believe in different things. It's like people believe in different reality. Like. Oh, yeah, I agree, man. Like. Try to the, sit down somebody that believes in Russiagate with somebody that thinks that Donald Trump is fucking Batman and see what type of reality they both live on. Yeah, you like, <laughs> do we live in this world of systemic racism? Was January 6th um, like an insurrection, a revolution? I mean, or was it a bunch of dummies LARPing and taking selfies? And dumps on people's desks. Like, none of them brought guns. So yeah. if this was an insurrection, this was a pretty stupid one. <laughs> you know what I mean? If this was an attempt at taking over the government, uh, why were they obeying the gun-free zone? You know, I just think it was a bunch of angry old white men. And an old lady on a walker. Yeah. But, even like, okay, so, but even though, like, there's so much of a, like, we can't even agree on some basic facts about what happened. Like, so like this idea of trying to like cohesive country together is just like this is not a practical thing at this point. Um, I don't know how we separate peacefully. I don't know whether that's a thing or not. I hope it is, but I don't, no, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. problem is you don't go like you don't go from being number one to number two. You go from being number one to, like, number ten, dude. Like, I, we have been such bullies on the stage, on the world stage, that I think when the real signs of weakness and, like, you know, instability start to show, I think countries are going to fuck with us. And we're going to, like, lash out like a fucking angry, scared beast, and we're going to hurt people, and then we're going to get hurt. And ultimately, who's going to suffer is us. Like, I, the people in charge of this country aren't going to just let it go. Is what I'm saying. Like, the people might be ready to separate. We might be ready to break up. But our parents are saying, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the kids, like, I hate using that equate that, you know, that uh, I hate using that because so many statists use that as like, we're the kids and our parents are the government. But in a weird way, I'm just going to use that right now. Like think of a husband and a wife that are fighting like fucking crazy. But like, I, you get what I'm trying to say. Like the kids are ready to fucking leave, but yeah. I don't think they're going to let us have the house. Yeah. We like, don't hate each other, but like we want, we don't want nothing to do with each other, but yeah, like those in power want to maintain power. And also who's going to take power when we crash? Like, that's another question. Is it even possible with the level of technology we have to have any kind of like peaceful rule or is it just like some kind of techno fascism that's going to take over no matter who's in control? Yeah. I think that that is something that's something more likely. I think the the closest thing that we could compare this to, which is impossible to compare it to, but um, I was listening to like a history podcast. I think it was a podcast and they were describing when Rome had taken over basically the entire known world, right? Rome had, and like the systems that they had put in place, the roads that they had built, right 
the what do you call those the water the aqueducts the aqueducts yeah where they had they actually had sewers sewer systems and like i don't know how exactly i don't think they're like flushing toilets but they had like a system you know what i mean and they had fresh water being brought places they had you know agriculture all this crazy shit and when the roman empire fell some of the countries could kind of remember what it was like before. I mean, well, everybody remember what it was like before. Some of the countries could kind of try to keep it going a little bit, but the further you were out, like in the, like, like all the way up in like England, basically, like in the southern England, when, when the Roman Empire fell and left, like, they would look up at these fucking aqueducts and go, and these crazy buildings and go, what the fuck. Like, and they'd be like 50 years later, and now all this shit isn't, you know, they didn't know how to keep it up. They didn't know how to repair it. Like, <clears throat> I wonder what the United States would be like if we just collapsed. Now, the, the difference is we have technology now. We have the internet now. That knowledge doesn't necessarily have to be lost, but like... I think there's going to be a weird vacuum that happens when this empire falls. And it's an interesting thing. And I wish that we would actually be able to pick it up and people could peacefully, you know, separate and build on their own. But I don't think that that's going to happen. I think that people get scared, people get hungry, people start worrying about, you know, people start getting envious and jealous and, they're going to start worrying about like, well, we need fresh water. We need food and uh, those sort of things. But also every other country around the world is looking at us like, Hmm, look at that fresh steak over there. I want a fucking piece. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of good land here. Yeah. It's going to be really difficult because there's going to be so many people who are so ill-equipped. I mean, if we had like, what happened in Texas where, people lost power for a week or two, which is a real thing. But that's a week or two of just basically taking care of yourself, chilling out at your house, cooking food over a barbecue pit or a gas grill. I mean, how many people did barely survive that? And I mean, half, when you magnify that 10 times and you stretch it out over years? How many people, Tony, if you couldn't go to a store, you couldn't drive, and you couldn't use electricity for a week. How many people would die? How many people are prepared for that? For a week? For a Maybe week. Some. Yeah. Two weeks. A lot more. Like, yeah. you, can, you know, you can go a week without food and kind of live, and two weeks. A month. I mean, and then you get into medications. How many people are being kept alive through medications? Yeah. Yeah, dude. No, I mean, how many? Yeah, lots of people died that needed, like, oxygen machines and things. Like, <clears throat> yeah, that was that was real, dude. That shit happened. Yeah, people that needed, you know, people that need dialysis. People that need, yeah, all kinds of shit, like. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, it's like, it's all these little things that add up, so... 
I'm not, I'm not a, I, I don't really um want this to happen. I, I do want to maintain some kind of like cultural unity, at least. Like, I don't think that, I mean, I'm fine if the government goes away. I don't think we need the government, but just having some kind of, um, I mean, and to some degree, I mean, like Canada, Mexico, whatever, like just some kind of understanding, like, it doesn't even matter where you are. I mean, it doesn't matter how you identify nation-wise, but just being like some way of trading with each other, some way of communicating, even if it's not the same language, some basic understanding, some really low bar, like how to interact with somebody. Like it doesn't have to be like we're all in the same culture, but like you order something off of Amazon, there's an expectation you're going to get it. It might come from anywhere in the world, but like people kind of understand like, oh, this order got placed. I got this thing and now I'm going to ship out this thing. There's a mail system that works. Like, Well, to me, nothing showed me how much or just how vulnerable this whole system is. Then did you remember the first couple months of COVID? Like, all of a sudden, when you're ordering something, well, that would have taken two days. It might take six months now. Yeah. Yeah, when something isn't on the shelves. Dude, how fragile our system is. Like, if the truck drivers, if the truckers decided to strike, just how fucked the country would be. Yeah, how many days of food do cities have in them? Like, you know... At what they point? don't. Two? Yeah. Maybe three, four. Yeah, and there's a lot of people. No, cities aren't, they can't exist without, you know, without agriculture, without like the rural areas around them, like keeping them supplied and fed. Yeah, and she's. And being in the city, I feel like people have that, they don't have that connection. And I feel like that would just, that would alleviate so much cultural tension. Just basically admitting that, like, we need people out in rural areas, farming food, bringing stuff into us. They don't only just, like, ignore them. They have active disdain for people that, that dig in the dirt every day and, like, provide us with those organic carrots that you love so much. You know what I mean? It's it's actually they have a full on mistrust and they they look down on them. It's a really weird thing. Yeah, um I I mean there was definitely cultural differences, but just and this is like era superiority and I think a lot of it comes from I think a lot of it comes from people having jobs that are really replaceable that they don't necessarily, they need some technical knowledge to do, but you can learn that knowledge really quickly now, especially in the age of the internet. So you need to have some kind of pretension around it to make yourself seem more, to make your shit seem a little bit special. Yeah, I think some of it could be that, like insecurity and things, and I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's where a lot of like elitism comes from actually like <clears throat> I was talking to someone I, I, maybe like a week ago and they were like yeah I want to live in the city where the creatives are and I'm like what are you talking about like 
do you think that creation only happens in cities? Like, what are you talking about? Like, people anywhere can create, and I don't even know, like, the whole idea of, like, a creative is such this propaganda term. Like, someone with a YouTube channel or something, like, okay, that's cool, but more and more people are going to be doing that. That's just a matter of technology. It started off in cities because that's where the bandwidth was, but yeah, that's a weird word for it. And I I guess what they mean is like precocious, weird nut jobs. Like, because yeah, there's lots of those in the city. Like, <laughs> or not pretentious, rather, not precocious. Pretentious, fucking eccentric weirdos. Is that what they mean by the creatives? Like, maybe, but small towns have eccentric weirdos. And actually, like, I will take a small town eccentric weirdo over a city eccentric weirdo any day. For sure. I came from a fairly small town, so. Was there good weirdos in it? Dude, it was the capital of weirdos. Every yeah, fucking the, weirdo. The, like, the, well, I grew up in an art town. Like, I grew up in Eureka, California. Uh, a lot of pot. A lot of fucking, well, I mean, it's the pot capital, basically, of the West Coast of almost the United States. Or at least it was back then. I don't know nowadays where everything's legal and all that kind of shit, but it definitely was. Um, And I grew up, yeah, I mean, my mom was an artist. So, like, we would hang out with the weirdos. Like, I would spend time down at, like, the local college in the art department, hanging out with, like, women with long-ass armpit hair, wearing a fucking beret, drinking coffee, and just, you know, just talking all kinds of crazy bullshit. And uh, it was great. That, that, that was my childhood. Like, I'd be looking through, like, art catalogs, and I remember one artist in particular. This is, was considered high art. There was a naked fat man who would contort himself in all these different, uh, you know, as far as he could. That he, was trying, he was trying to bite himself in, like, weird places on his body. And that was the art, the marks that he could make with his teeth. On. Okay. So I call him a weirdo. You know, <laughs> these are the type of folks that, you know, that was just considered normal, I guess. I don't know. Who is um like? How do you how do you buy his artwork? Oh, I don't know. I I think somebody just takes pictures of him. And... I don't probably, know. If you sell the pictures. Now he probably has like NFTs on that or something. Yeah, I I should look I should look into that again. I don't know. That's great, man. Like, I love that, like, people can make money doing the stupidest fucking shit. You know, I that makes me hopeful. Yeah. I'm yeah. a big fat stupid man. I could start biting myself, and you could take the <laughs> me, Tony, and then we could make some money together. Yeah, like, that <laughs> guy has, like, a fucking, like, three houses, and, like, what do you do? He's probably oh, killing it. He's got a hot myself. wife, a fucking nice car, and what are you saying? Just, it's, just, it's just funny to me, like some guy with like three, four houses, fucking, pro- probably not, but like, <laughs> probably not. Survive. Artists' lives are not great either, dude, because they're nuts. 
they, there's a lot of mental illness going on there. Yeah, I mean, you open yourself up to some creativity. I don't know how. I mean, I don't know. That doesn't seem that creative to me, not to be too judgmental towards it. But <laughs> like, what are you trying to express? What are you trying to say? What are you trying to articulate? The demons inside of his head. Yeah, That's yeah. What he's expressing, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, there's a lot of there's a lot of mental illness and weirdos, man. And uh, but if those people are fun. And there's a lot of, you know, substance abuse and odd stuff and drugs to be had. And Yeah, I think a lot of people stuff. like to, um, like, a lot of people like to promote that kind of thing, like that kind of self-destructive artwork for their, like, to exercise their own demons or to kind of like, not even to exercise, but almost to grow their own demons in this really weird way. I remember, do you remember Gigi Allen? Yes. I ended up walking by his gravestone one time completely inadvertently. It's the weirdest thing. And uh, what was written on there? Um, Rock and roll terrorist. Uh, so I've definitely heard the name Gigi Allen. Fill me in. So Gigi Allen was this kind of punk guy in the 90s he would go on stage basically he would consume any drug anyone gave him he would shit on stage and throw it into the <laughs> audience he would attack the audience um, I don't know why you'd want to be part of his audience I mean if you're throwing shit I'm probably I don't want to be part of that if there's a slight <laughs> chance I might get hit with your shit yeah. I am not going to see a show <laughs> Uh, his music was like, I mean, I don't want to say it was bad. It was just like him screaming, a lot of distortion. I mean, it really wasn't that, like, I, it wouldn't be recognizable to me as music. And I, I, people say that about a lot of stuff. And it's just like, it wasn't music, though. And I, I, when people say that, like, people go, oh, you just don't like it or something. But, like, there really wasn't anything there. Like, people would just go and see a person self-destruct. Like, if you want to just basically have, like, a handful of drugs and just give them to someone and, like, be the 10th person doing that to somebody. What so, is it about people that are, like, on a fucking bender that's attractive? You know, like, people want to watch the train wreck, the human train wreck. Like, people yeah. love when Britney Spears was losing her fucking mind and shaving her head. You know what I mean? Like, I feel bad for her, man. She is fucking trapped. She is a prisoner. Well, yeah, dude. I'm on the free Britney train for sure. Her crazy, her evil dad has her. Like, dude, that conservatorship or whatever the fuck it is, it's like, dude. She's basically. That's how basically they can can do. They can do anything to you if they decide you're crazy. You know. You know. I mean, as soon as they say you're not in control of your own faculties, you lose every right you've ever had. And how would you not be crazy if everyone you talked to was someone that like I put in front of you, right? Like every person you, I mean, any and all level. From just like ordering like a pizza or something, is someone that I put out in front of you. How creepy is that shit? Yeah, it's fucking creepy, dude. And it, it, I don't think I could deal with fame like that. Like it's difficult enough 
for young people to just exist and then give a young person millions of dollars and then have them followed from the time they fucking wake up in the morning and leave their house to the time they get back inside. You know what I mean? You're, 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 she was like fucking 16 years old, dude. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you remember being 16? Cause I do. And for fuck's sake, I had a lot of growing up to do. You know, can you imagine having like every drug available to you, every fucking anything you've ever wanted ever, and people trying to fuck you and people trying to manipulate you? Yeah, it'd be really hard to find yourself and like, it'd be really hard to know who you can trust. Like, you, you can't trust anyone really. Like, anyone in your life is someone designed to take from you. Mm hmm. Everyone. Everyone sees you as an opportunity. You know? And the really weird part about it is, it's like, we do all of this to create this musical industry, but it's like, we would have music. Do you not think that, if we didn't do this, like, barbaric, sick, medieval ritual torture of people, do you not think kids would listen to music? Do you not think people would make music? Like, it's not happened. Those pe- the people that are producing all of this and that are reaping all the benefits and all the money off of this, this they don't care about music. Those people don't give you shit about music. They'll they'll fucking play WAP. They'll fucking produce WAP. What ass pussy. Like they all they care about is their bottom line. They're making goo gobs of money off this shit. Like they don't give a fuck. Well, it's really interesting because who control, like who really controls music and the music most people listen to? Because, like, I don't know, but that's a lot of power right there. They it's control huge. the probably music, magic. You know what I mean? It's only a syllable off. Not a syllable, but you know what I'm saying. Like, it's only a fucking couple letters off. It's it's uh yeah that's a fucking crazy powerful thing dude if you control music you if you were able to control education or the media like all of those things have been uh messed with by the government all of those things have had the cia infiltrated well when people talk about the british invasion when the beatles came over it's like yeah yeah they were invading your culture with their culture. It wasn't milit- It wasn't violence. And I think that, like, when you go back to that period of time, like, stuff like the Beatles and stuff was probably a... For what it was, like, it wasn't, like, malicious. Like, people saw a war at that time, and they were just like, hey, you know what? Let's some light-hearted stuff. Let's talk about, like, love. Let's talk about just getting along with each other. Let's promote that. It was 100% manipulation. The Beatles was one of a hundred fucking bands in Liverpool, which was like one of many cities. Like, they were all doing the same thing. Some basic chords. Like, someone chosen them. Yeah. yeah. But nowadays, like, you're really seeing some dark stuff with music and what, like, trying to promote... Um... Well, I'm trying not to be a giant boomer about yeah. it but like little Nas X and shit like where his song is he's basically in his music video 
he's backing up and like throwing ass at Satan and Satan's just like plowing him. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like house is constructive in any way, shape, or form. And I guess it doesn't have to be constructive, but also like it doesn't sound good. The music's not any good. Like, what are we doing? Like, the only reason why this is... This is my issue. I think. That if it were a meritocracy, if it was just decided by, like, hey, this sounds great. I don't think the same people would be on the VMAs or whatever. I don't think that, you know, whatever the fuck the awards are. The Grammys or... It's all, it's all manipulated to me. And it all ha- it's all ser- it all serves a purpose. Well, if you looked at music, and, and again, like, yeah, I'll be a boomer here for a minute, but if you look like when I was a kid, and I've even talked to kids who feel this way, the production values, the skill level to play instruments, it was very different 20, 30 years ago. Like, and whether or not you liked the music, whether or not it was good, like, that's besides the point. There was a skill level necessary like you had to if you wanted to be a musician you had to spend eight hours a day practicing as a kid you do not have to do that now like little enough next like like everything just sounds like a first draft from someone who's not really that connected to the craft i mean i don't know that lil nas x isn't a fantastic musician but i kind of don't think so (laughs) maybe he is i don't know but uh no, I mean, you're right. Uh, there's this classic, uh, I think it might have actually made it to air, but I'm not sure if it was just an outtake. And it was on one of those stupid shows, like, are you going to be a pop star? You know, like, I don't think it was American Idol, but it was one of those stupid, like, knockoff American Idols, right? Yeah. And this guy got up there and sang, and Britney Spears was up. Was it Britney Spears? It was Britney Spears, and I think... Uh, one of those other stupid girls was up there, right? And this guy does an absolutely terrible performance. Like, it was just terrible. And, but, like, it was almost done purposefully, you know? Like, and so it, it was either Brittany or the other one. Anyways, long story short, they they said, I'm sorry, honey. That's just, that's not very good. Like, you just, you don't have the talent or whatever. And he's like, he just fucking looks at her and says, like, well, at least I don't use auto tune. <laughs> like it was like on fucking live TV. He goes, "You don't sing any of that shit. You can't sing, dude." And they freaked out on him and kicked him out. And dude, it was so fucking hilarious. But it's true. It's like those people don't actually need to be talented. I'm sure Britney Spears. I mean, too physically, she's talented to be able to do all those fucking dance moves and to keep up and like. That's not a. Yeah. I mean, up until very recently, she had a fucking Vegas show she was doing every single night. That's... Can you imagine doing that? Oh, <laughs> I can't. God, every night. Every night, dude. In the same place, yeah. That sounds like hell. How do you have any enthusiasm? I don't know, dude. And like, from what I've heard too is that she still had to live at home. So she was still living at home in L.A., and they would fly her there every night to do the performance, and then she had to come right back. Oh, my God. Yeah, free bit, Brittany. Dude, like, it's terrible. 
that dad is in control of all of her money, all of her, all of her estate, everything. How, like, how, like, at what point, like, can she just not quit? Like, I think she kind of did. Here's the thing. You'd think that, but the dad is like holding her kids over her head. And who is paying for these? Like, I mean, just knowing this, like, I do not want to go and see a performer who's held captive. Yeah. It's like a monkey in a cage. Perform for me, monkey. You know, like. Yeah. That's totally it, dude. Oh, uh, what a piece of shit his, her dad is. He won the lottery, dude. He's killing it. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> like, if you're just. If you're completely okay with exploiting your children and don't give a fuck about them, yeah. Well, how did she get money. that opportunity to be basically half nude on on American television at sixteen? Obviously, her dad was totally fine with exploiting her. Yeah, yeah. Well, look at Joe Jackson, like the Jackson Five dude. Like, tell me he didn't mess up his kids. Dude, there's not a single one. Uh, Janet Jackson is the best that, you know, that ter- she turned out the best out of all the Jackson kids. Yeah. And she didn't turn out great. And he probably just didn't have time to fuck her up. Like, you know, I, she was, was wasn't she the youngest? Yeah. Yeah. She's, she she wasn't in the Jackson up. Five. So, you know. Now, like, I don't know if that's true, but I'd heard that, that, uh, what's his name? They, actually fucking chemically castrated him when he was like nine to to make sure he kept his voice that seems like a reasonable thing to do to a child yeah of course i I mean they're doing it now all they just had to tell you is that (laughs) that your child feels different so then then you can chemically castrate him then he's all good oh yeah yeah like a modern day eugenics program that like no one talks about yes Dude, it is a fucking eugenics program. If you look at, dude, any of those things, like Planned Parenthood used to be called like the Negro Project. <laughs> look, I'm not fucking kidding. Like all, like if you go back and look at all these things, like Margaret Sanger used to go to the fucking women's KKK meetings and would and would have like fucking conversations with them. She would she would do like fucking speeches at KKK rallies. She got oh, awards. From from the Nazis. Yeah, yeah, it's um. We're living in a giant eugenics program, dude. Well, and only recently people are starting to talk about that. I guess she had like some plaza that was named after her rename, but I think yeah. it was in New York, and it was like some big yeah, it was some big thing, and they they said yeah, we got to take Margaret Sanger's name off this. Because people are fine. It's starting to become common knowledge now. And then you hear people like Hillary Clinton saying how much she admires uh, Margaret Sanger, that she grew, she lived her life wanting to be Margaret Sanger and shit like that. And you're like, what does that mean? Well, what part of what part of your life, <laughs> you know, what do you admire most about Margaret Sanger, Hillary? <laughs> well, and also she was, um, wasn't Robert Bird like one of her mentors? And that was like one of the yeah. last and he was in the clan, like an actual clan member, which is just fucking absurd. Like, Dude, he was he was uh, Joe Biden's mentor too. Oh, good. All these fucking people. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. Joe, you're not black if you don't vote for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about the uh, poor kids are just as smart as white kids? That they are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, those poor disadvantaged kids, they're just as smart as white kids. I was like, motherfucker. Uh, yeah, I've been really thinking about like the Democratic Party and you, they're just like so entrenched into slavery and like, okay, so like you can't separate that from their DNA, which doesn't mean that they're going to have like, th- th- I don't think that people consciously want to recreate a system of slavery based upon race. Maybe they do, I don't know. But they have to Everything they do basically economically doesn't make sense because they never account for labor because they just assume labor is free because they're party of slavery, and that's what like they're trying to do with the national um, with the democratic socialist idea. Because at the end of the day, like what is socialism? Like okay, someone pro- provides for you, they give you everything you need, and then they have complete control over you. Because how else would they be able to provide for you? How else would they have the things? Well, that kind of sounds like slavery. Now, you think it'll be better, and maybe it will be. Maybe it doesn't have to be as brutal, but like, wh- why are we trying to implement a system of slavery? I 100% agree with you. And it's, it's also the more and more of these programs that they're instilling and need to instill they have to take more and more of your money and so it's it's like how much of my time you know because what is money besides like a representation of my time you know what i mean and yeah. my effort and my my labor my work and the more and more they take it's like so if a hundred you know you've you've definitely heard that before if a hundred percent of my labor or the fruits of my labor is slavery then how much is not, you know, you know, so what is 20%? Oh, the, uh, 30, 40, that's just taxation. You know, like we're, what are we doing? You know, haggling. Yeah. Yeah. Before we're haggling. What, what kind of woman you are. You're just kind of haggle over the price type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I'm being a bad capitalist here talking about wage slavery, but it's kind of true. Like the systems that they set you up in, it's a debt based like economy. They want you to fucking buy a house and be in $300,000 in debt. They want you to buy a brand new car and be in $40,000 in debt. They want you to go to college and be, you know, seventy-five, dollars $125,000 in debt. And then you need to work or what are you going to do? You're going to starve. Yeah, they make sure you're in debt pretty young. So I don't want to like say that that is capitalism. Uh, because I don't know what it is, but it's it's something. <laughs> you know, I'm not I'm not going to be a lazy leftist and just say, therefore capitalism. And I'm like, yeah, kind of. It, it's the government, and it it is a system that was designed to keep us enslaved. Like, because what you and I advocate for is like laissez-faire. That has nothing to do with that. Yeah. I also think that just because something's capitalist doesn't mean it's good. I mean, I think that you yeah. could have a terrible capitalist, like you could have a terrible libertarian anarchist society. Like these things are not like saying that like once we once we achieve this goal of cap- pure capitalism, pure anarchy, everything will be wonderful. It's like 
No, it just means like we have the opportunity now. We have better opportunities to make it better. Like, but like we just still like it could be fucking terrible. Like you could end up in a situation where you have warlords fighting over you. I mean, unfortunately, true. And I hate to say that it would be like neo feudalism, like the thought of in Kapistan is. You know, everybody is going to be the owner of their property, but what if you don't have property? Yeah. Right? So you have to, so we've basically decided that you can have uh, any rule of law, anything that you want in your property. Like, I can say that women all have to be topless on my property, or you can't come on my property. Right, like, like yeah. we we say we're against tyranny, and we are against tyranny, but we say that we are also uh, for like, I don't know. There, there's to me, there's just some odd little loopholes and downsides to what because at the end of the day, what most anarcho, you know, anarcho libertarians are advocating for is to be your own tyrant. But you're like, well, it's on my property, so I could do whatever I want on my property. And, you know, and I am, I'm definitely, like, caricaturing this, and it's not, you know, and if you were to act that way, people would probably treat you like shit and or, like, not, you know, have nothing to do with you. But that being said, look at what private companies are doing right now. You know what I mean? Like, private companies right now are just like they there's there's no incentive structure for like the way that they've trained us to be so obedient and you just have to use this cell phone company well you know that this cell phone company is literally spying on every single thing that you do they they will give that information to the government if they ask for it like all of the like they can change all of their terms of agreement or terms of service, like anytime they want, and we just say, "Oh, that's a private company." Like, what? Yeah. Anyways, I don't know. There's just, I don't even know where I was going with that. Besides that, uh, uh, th- and Capistan th- might not be as you. you it's definitely not going to be a utopia. Well, I think that we like education will be necessary for people to survive in it without forming tyrannies. I think that intellectual property has an interesting role to play in this because you might not own any land property, but you still might have something even if it's just something in your imagination. And somehow that gives you some bargaining power because without property, yeah, you have nothing to bargain. But it's also, we're living in this world where like something could be in your head. Like You could have this thought. You could have... You know, you could have something that you can negotiate with and build from there. I I don't know exactly, like, like I, I think that we should kind of, like, I, I think that, like, when I think of property, I think of land, but I, I'm trying to, like, reframe that and just be, like, property is just something that... So, I yeah. am of the personal belief that IP does not exist uh, in intellectual property. Like, if you cannot hold it in your hand, you cannot own it. So I would be very against, like, things like patents and copyrights 
and things like that because I think that it stifles competition and innovation like quite a bit. And I and I totally understand the whole argument. Like I spent ten years building this, you know, whatever this is, and now somebody just grabs it and can use it. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I do like your idea of being able to bargain with an idea in your head. But as soon as you say it, somebody can just take it and use it in, in Ancapistan. Well, okay, okay. But also even, I mean, I, I see that. But also from the idea of just being able to know how to do something. If you have a skill, like, because, like, still, like, at the end of the day, like, I might have to learn how to do something, and I don't want to learn how to do it. And I'd just rather pay you something and make some kind of deal with you. Most people want that. Most yeah. people don't want to own and run their own business. Most people like that all the risk is on this person. All I have to do is show up at nine o'clock and leave by five o'clock and I get a paycheck. And I don't have a problem with that. And I think that's where leftists go off the hinges a little bit. Like as far as like, uh, like basically like they want to have these like, uh, co-op labor unions where everybody is a partial owner of this company and that might work but there's been many you know there have been many attempts that have failed pretty hard like I think of this bakery in Colorado they wanted to have a communist bakery you know and I was like that sounds cool go for it see what you can do but people could decide Everyone was an equal partner. There was no hierarchy. So everybody had to contribute as far as like helping with the books, helping with like ordering, helping with making the bread, helping with washing the dishes, helping with interacting with the customers, helping with making the sandwiches because it was also like a deli. And people just would, could make their own hours. They could come in when they wanted and leave when they wanted. But what happens when this person just decides, well, I'm only working two hours today, you know, then other people get upset. They're like, well, I worked 10 hours today to keep this place open. You just haven't been showing up. Like, and so what happened to these, they, like, people would try to go there and it'd be closed. And then service would take forever because, like, like it, people were talking about waiting two hours for a sandwich and stuff. <laughs> and I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't think that they have it all together yet. I don't think that theory has been worked out perfectly yet. Well, okay, I'll say I'm willing to have that conversation, and I'm glad to see experiments like that, and I want to see a few more. You know, but... Yeah, I'll say this, like, I, well, number one, I think that a lot of businesses go under pretty fast, so it's kind of like, that's the default reality. From what, like, from what you're describing, like, yeah, like that system would never fucking work in a million years because you need to, you need to set up some basic structure. And I think one of the things that, like, I talk to a lot of people who want to have like this co-op reality. Now, whether they want to in real life or they just kind of want to fantasize about it's another thing. But I think there is a desire for it for a lot more people. And I don't think we teach it in a practical way. Like, I think part of it is like, yeah, you got to kind of like, everyone doesn't get to have equal say in everything no matter what because certain people have like 
maybe someone is just washing the dishes. They come in here and you just pay someone a wage to do that. And that's fine. Or like you pay someone to like do a website for you or whatever. Like, I think that there's like huge rules for like independent contractors. Even if it's like someone who comes in and washes the dishes like every day, but it's kind of looked at like an independent contractor type of deal where it's just like you just don't have to renew the contract every day because you just assume that it's going to be renewed until it's not. But like there is a way of like doing that. I, I don't know how, but there are co-ops that do work for sure. And I think it'll be, I think we should have more, like, I mean, I think there should be so many more types of business structures well, as much as like communists want to, and I'm using the word loosely because there's that covers a variety of, you know, different leftists that some will just call themselves socialists, some will call themselves income, some will, you know, whatever the fuck they're, I'm just saying hard left folks. Um, damn it. Where was I going with that? <laughs> uh no, but as much as they like to think that that this is going to be a more um, a softer, gentler, kinder approach, like if you look at what like Lenin said, he was like, "If you don't work, you don't eat." You know what I mean? So I, it's like as far as they want to, they want to have this like, I I don't know. So what is that? Who's in charge? And they don't want a hierarchy, and they don't want a government. Um, but how do you keep the system rolling? I think you need to establish a set of rules ahead of time before people are in it, and then you make the choice. And if someone isn't working to their um, agreed upon level, then you have to get rid of them. Um, like, but well, if you have to have this kind of structure in place of like, okay, like this is how much you get for this much labor. This is what we expect of you. Like any other fucking job, like, right. Like, like your expectation in your job is pretty clear. So you can't just like redefine it as you want to. Well, one alternative that I have thought about and I should probably read more Hoppe, but he's talked about, um, like covenant communities right so think of like an hoa but on crack you know what i'm saying so we're a group of free people but we've all decided you know maybe these 10 things are important outside of that 10 things you can do whatever the fuck you want and it could be dude it could be a religion religious thing or like if this was like an islamist like this was like a Muslim covenant community and you have to pray to Mecca at, you know, five times a day and, you know, and if your wife has to remain veiled outside and she need, you know, whatever it is. Right. Or it could be a secular thing where they just like, we agree on X, but to live in this community you have to abide by these certain rules and at least contribute this much or get the fuck out. 
Well, I think that that happens a lot, like even not even consciously, but people form social groups and it's got like all of this agreed upon things. And then all of a sudden, like there's like something you don't agree with and it becomes this like you get out it from the group because it's never really done consciously. And I think that like to me, I, I really like that idea, but I also think that we should make it the most minimalist ideals that we actually need because like once we don't need a rule for something then we shouldn't have it like that's kind of like my idea it's just like like the things that i mean that's kind of why i like the whole idea of like the non-aggression principle it's like the lowest possible standard you need to keep a society going yeah yeah because how quickly could one of those covenant communities turn into something really tyrannical and creepy. They will. They will, yeah. Especially yeah. if it's started by someone. Um, the power of um, some people have a lot of persuasion. And see, very manipulative. Theoretically, now this sounds fucked up too. I don't care if you're stupid and you get and you get sucked into a cult. Like, I might care about you. If you're my sister, I might really care. You know what I mean? But, like, I look at, like, the Branch Davidians. Those people wanted to be there. They fucking love David Koresh. You know what I mean? Like, I I think there's a problem. And I guess how would you ever know when it gets to the point of, like, this is a closed covenant community or something like that. Like, how the hell would I ever know if people want to leave and they don't let them? Because, I mean, that's kind of what's happened in the Scientology. You know, if some, if some bigwig wants to leave, they're like, fuck you. Well, yeah, and I think the problem with it is a lot of these communities, have, they, have these, they have rules that make sense, but then they embed them with a lot of rules that don't make sense. And then you kind of look around and go like, hey, like, a lot of this is horse shit. I don't want to do this. But then you can't you can't break with the group because it's just a, it fractures the group cohesion and groups don't want to go through and audit like what's necessary what's not necessary they just rather kick you out especially especially like something like Scientology where they've got plenty of people like they don't need to go through like the internal work of like hey like a lot of our stuff is kind of bullshit like but some of it's good, probably. Like, if not, it wouldn't be successful. Yeah, I'm sure there is a lot of great things about it on the surface. <laughs> you know, and that's why dummies get sucked into it. No, I was just thinking about one story in particular. Uh, David Miskovich, he's the he's basically their messiah at this point, right? He's the CEO of Scientology and also, like, the biggest religious figure, David Miskovich. And his father escaped out of there. Like, so his father was like old school Scientologist, like was there from like, I think in the seventies, like back in the fucking day was part of the Sea Org. I think like wrote on the, like, anyways, I don't remember the whole story, but long story short, he raised his son in that church and his son is one ambitious, smart son of a bitch. And he worked his way up and he took over the church after L. Ron Hubbard died. Right. Um, and so the father started 
was given like a few extra perks because he's Jesus's dad. You know what I mean? But like when you're that high up, I mean, if you're just like a periphery member that like just gives money and like you show up to stuff, whatever, right? Like you're supposed to listen to their edicts, but like how the fuck do people know? Right. But if you're in their like hierarchy, if you're in there, like the anyway, so he was saying that like he was living in some crazy fucking facility and they wouldn't let him leave. And you, you're not allowed to look at the Internet and you're not allowed to like they basically make it so like you can't they don't they don't want you to read anything negative about the church. And if somebody mentions something like that, it's like this like you're supposed to turn it you're supposed to turn in that guy immediately and like they'll do they'll test you right the, like somebody will say something like that david miskovich is a real son of a bitch don't you think and then if you don't turn him in then you'll get in trouble you know what i mean so they do all that kind of crazy shit anyways long story short uh he, he had some special privileges because he was david miskovich's dad and they gave him an ipad to like play a stupid game like he liked to play Angry Birds or something, so they were like, "All right, here's an iPad." And so he said on his on his alone time, he, somebody had just said something about him. He's like, "This isn't right. Look at the crazy shit they're doing." Like, I, somebody had anyway, something had happened, and so he was like, "I don't know. This is fucking weird." He starts looking online, and he goes, "Holy shit, we're in a fucking cult, and this is nuts." And so he gets like red pilled inside of the fucking Scientology deep in the heart of it. And he said that he had to pretend that he was still in on it to leave. Like he had this weird elaborate like thing ruse to escape. Otherwise they wouldn't have fucking left it. Let him go. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting because it sounds like something like out of like Stalinist Russia or something where like you're just in this cult of personalities. You need to escape. Like every, you're always walking on eggshells. Like someone's gonna say something, and you don't know whether you have to tell that on that person. And if you don't tell that person, they're gonna tell on you for not telling on them. What I think is an interesting thing is that people think that they're not capable of things like that. But if you listen, like I thought that was the most fascinating thing what, about what Jordan Peterson was first saying, like years ago. On, on Joe Rogan was saying that like nobody thinks that they would be Hitler or that they would have been a Nazi in Germany in 1940. Nobody thinks that. Everybody thinks that they would be part of the resistance. He says that like, but he goes, well 90% of the people just shut the fuck up and just went to work and were just part of it and kind of knew what was going on and just looked the other way. He goes, most of you idiots would have been there. And so he said that you would have to, he says that it's really important to realize that you could have been a guard at Auschwitz. You know what I mean? You're like, well, I, this is my job and now I'm supposed to shoot this lady in the head. And he said, you have to find that and accept that in yourself and know like the depths of your know the depths of your uh, like possibility for evil. You know what I mean? And then to know who you are and to resist it and to find the good. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Um, hey, man, I got to just call the cop. I see some people, like, talking outside without a mask. So, you know, I got to do that. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Completely, man. Like, that. that is... And everyone thinks that they wouldn't be in that situation. But it's so easy to fall into because, yeah, like, we see this stuff all the time of, like, snitching on your neighbors for just socializing like okay um like what happens if we all live in under tyranny and it's so funny too because so many especially like people on the left they see the they see the people in power as corrupt but they don't see but they still are 100 percent obedient to it it's such a mind fuck to think about yeah, man, it's it's so fucking weird uh, to me. The left, as much as they say they are against hierarchy, and as much as they say they're against authority, I don't fucking buy it, dude. Because I I talk, I got a I got a buddy, Ancom, good friend of mine, a very fucking smart, good friend of mine. We'll have a conversation, and we've talked about this before. We'll, but we'll have a conversation about how evil the government is and how awful whatever it is but then he'll defend Mao Zedong and I'm like how he was doing the exact same shit and I, I, I've I done a little bit of research I don't think Mao intentionally starved those people I think he had a plan and it failed and tens of millions of people died and he actually anyway but long story short like To me, the left doesn't – I don't know what the fuck it is, dude, because they do like authority. They just want to be the ones in charge of it or something. Like what, what the fuck do you think it is? Well, I think that's it. They hate people in power, but they worship power itself, and they want that power even though as soon as they get it, they'll be fucking gunned down. But, yeah, they, they only hate the people in power because they have power. And it's like, I don't hate the people in power. Like, I, I'm i skeptical of the power itself, and I want to limit it in all its forms to what it can do. I mean, to some degree, it's necessary. It's a necessary evil, but you need to mitigate it. And they don't want to... Like, it's always, like, some kind of character flaw that brings people down, but we never look at, like, actual... Like, how do we rein in the system? How do we, how do we make it so it's not possible for people to abuse power in some way? Like, we don't want to do that because I want that power and I want to have the pleasure of abusing it. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. Uh, speaking of fucked up people in power, how fucked up is it? Have you been following anything about the climate accord thing? And, uh, Joe Biden talking there and unrolling new plans. I heard something about Oregon wanting to outlaw livestock and that freaked me out. What they want, dude? Okay, so I haven't read the whole thing or heard the whole thing, but what he wants America to do so that we're able to meet our climate goals, he says that Americans need to cut their red meat consumption by 90 percent 
And he says that that means that we're probably allowed a burger a month. We're supposed to keep our annual consumption under four pounds of red meat a year. That'll make us nice and docile. Uh-huh. And, but no, this is for the environment, Tony. Don't be cynical right now. We need to cool the environment right now. Or the world is going to catch on fire. There <laughs> will be no more polar bears. The ice, the ice caps are going to be gone. Anyone who has any kind of environmental argument about that that doesn't bring up hunting and you realize that, like, hey, like, there are a lot of animals out there that need some form of predation. They're actually great for cultivating grasslands. They're just there. Like, I mean, I don't want to say, like, they're just there, but... Like we have to partake in our ecosystem, and the idea, like the idea that you can make these environmental decisions from that vantage point of that, that, and, and be concerned with so many people. Like you can go, like okay, like this group of people over here, like we're, you know, whatever five thousand people. Like it makes sense for us to do this thing, so we're like impacting our environment in a pretty minimum way. And then someone over in some other area, they're doing something else. So, but when you get down to like someone's the president of America, and you're like, there are thousands and thousands of small micro environmental decisions that we should all be making if we want, if we're really concerned with this. Eating a fucking hamburger a month, like no, like, like. Well, I made a couple memes about this. The one meme was, uh. Was uh, I put that classic that fucking come and take it, and I put a hamburger in the middle. <laughs> that, that was my one snarky one, and then another one that I made was, do you know that cl- that classic like Simpsons where everybody's watching Homer? He's at the nuclear site. He's at his job, right? And they're like, "All right, everybody, watch. Homer's about to do something stupid." Nah, right? I'd have to see it. I, I probably oh, okay. Well, they turned that into a meme, and I put fucking Joe Biden there, and and his finger is is between two two buttons, and he's gonna pick one, and one says tell make Americans cut their beef consum or red meat consumption by ninety percent, and the other one is slash the military, the largest U.S. polluter. You know that I mean I I don't know exactly how I worded it, but that's like if we gave a fuck about our carbon footprint. The military is the biggest fucking polluter. Is that has the largest fucking carbon footprint of it of bigger than most than some countries. Just our military alone. Yeah, yeah, and also like the way that we farm and monocrops, like we're doing a lot of things wrong because it's so centralized and. I mean, to me, it just seems like they're, they're going to engineer a famine. It wouldn't be the first time. We yeah. Have, we have history. Like, you talk about Mao and whether or not he intentionally created a famine or not. And, like, I don't want people 80 years from now arguing whether or not Biden intentionally <laughs> engineered a famine. Like, please. Let's not I have think this he. Conversation in the this, this feels very intentional to me. So, if somebody is hearing us. Right now, in 2021, what the hell is the date? January, February, March, April. It's April 24th, 2021. Joe Biden 
it's not Joe Biden. Joe Biden's a fucking corpse. <laughs> Whoever's in charge of this country, this is intentional as fuck. They I, are making every stupid move you could possibly imagine to crash this economy. They're doing it on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. Like, like at some level, it becomes intentional. Well, I, I dude, don't know who's making the decisions, but I, I don't think... I, think about this really fast. Okay, so if we... I, I don't know where you are economically, like uh, if you're from like the Austrian school of, of thought, right? But like everything makes sense to us, right? Where we can see what the government's doing that's wrong and why, you know, through printing of the money, money manipulation, they're causing all this crazy inflation, causing like the value of the dollar to crash. The thing is like so many libertarians will, will look at what they're doing and say, those stupid idiots, or they're just doing this for, you know, whatever reason. But, Dude, these people aren't dumb. You think Greenspan is dumb? Do you think Janet Yellen is dumb? You know. Well, they might be, but the people controlling them are not. Yeah, those people aren't fucking stupid, man. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Well, that's my argument. There's a lot of people that want to control the world. So I bet you the people who are actually controlling the world, like they're probably, and not to say like there's one group of people controlling the world, but. If you have any kind of major influence and in like this, then you're not dumb. Yeah. There's a lot of mafia groups that would love, like any mafia in the world, like if they could push a button and get the powers that governments have, you think they would not push the button? What do you think yeah. government is? Like it's just a full maturation of organized crime. God mode, mafia and God mode. It's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and the central banks are governments in God mode. Well, yeah, I, I was thinking about the, like, well, like, I feel like we're, like, economically, like, the Fed is just, like, on its fucking, like, it's like being on the Titanic that's going down. And, like, there's a couple of lifeboats, and, like, one of them is, like, maybe gold, and one of them is called Bitcoin. But in this analogy, the Titanic, as it's going down, is trying to shoot the lifeboats. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to shoot the lifeboats. And what this is what I think a lot of libertarians miss, and what conspiracy theorists maybe get more right, and why there needs to be a mix between the two. Um, this isn't about nationalism. Like the these bankers, the people that are in charge. And no, I'm not saying bankers and I'm not doing three quotation marks and just saying Jews. Uh, I've heard so much of that lately. Anytime somebody has a criticism about like the world elite or something, they're like, that's just anti-Semitism. I'm not talking about Jewish people. God damn it. <laughs> I'm talking about the central bankers. The people that are actually in charge of money and the people that keep this world going. Okay. Those fucks. Okay. Some of them probably are Jewish. Some of them are probably white. Some of them are probably Chinese. Some of them probably whatever the fuck. Anyways, those particular people that are in charge of those fucking banks, okay, uh, they have no national loyalties. Nations are just, to me, dude, like it's just another sport team to keep us divided. Like these people look at like, 
countries at, as like sports franchises. Like this guy, this bank owns this country. You know what I mean? This bank owns this country. It's like it's we're it's like NFL owners. Like I don't think that these countries are as sovereign or as powerful. I think it, a lot of it is like saber rattling. I mean, there's definitely like an in club and an out club. Like we really are fucking up Syria, and we <laughs> we really are fucking up Yemen right now, and we really will go and kill other like a few other countries. But like, if you're in the top five, if you're in the top ten, you know it. It doesn't matter. I don't think they give a shit who comes out on top. Because they are going to be on top. Well, I don't even think they want people to come. I mean, it seems like they are trying to engineer some kind of global catastrophe for God knows what fucking reason. Like, Well, dude, I know what fucking reason. I, I mean, I don't know. But I have a... Okay, so China is already adopting the fucking... The, that cryptocurrency or whatever, right? They're trying to be completely off of dollars right yeah russia is now trying to do that too and there's a couple other countries now that are doing that too where they're just going straight digi dollar okay they are trying but america americans are stubborn it's gonna take like a financial 9-11 like a complete like fucking collapse of our economic system for them to build something out of that, something new, and they already have it ready. You know what I mean? It's that, it's that problem-reaction-solution. They create the problem, we react, and they offer the solution. And they're ready to just... They have the crypto dollar. They have the digital U.S. dollar ready to go. And yeah, that's what they... It, so they're going to wreck it. I mean, when you look at the scale of what's going on, like when you look at like they're trying to fuck with the food supply, you know, people talk about the amount of money billionaires have made. And it's like, OK, I don't even give a shit about that. Like, look at the farmland they're buying up. Like that concerns me. Well, Bill Gates just owns, what is it, 200,000, you know, 2 million acres? I, some, he's the largest farm owner in the entire United States. And he wants everyone to go on a fucking vegan diet, you know, I, well, maybe not vegan, but like. No, like, he'll he'll let you eat bugs and some fucking lab meat. I am cool with bugs. <laughs> I I'm not down with the lab meat, but also I want to be able to. I mean, I think we should diversify our diets anyway. But yeah, like not no for the lab meat. Um, I we should definitely still be eating animals. I know some people have issues with that. Um, I, I get, I, I get like the way that we torture animals and stuff like that. And I think that that's like really something that we should get away from, but like, we can't do that unless we actually start to look at like, like, well, okay. Like people need to hunt or something. We need to figure out like more people need to farm at some level, take place in some kind of agricultural reality. Like if you have chickens and you're raising chickens and occasionally you eat a chicken yeah, where's the fucking harm in that? Nowhere. I, I love vegans, and I have friends that are vegans, but leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> I'm going to eat a fucking steak when I want to eat a steak. Like, And I, I understand the whole ethical thing. Like, I've done I, – I thought I could be a vegetarian for a minute. You know, I've done those ethical questions, and I've talked to myself, and I've killed 
now I've killed animals myself. You and I both did that. Yes. Right. And we, we have been through the entire process and that was a happy pig. It wasn't a bad, you know, and we killed it. And uh, for, for our audience, uh, we did this as like a group with, with some friends up in up North in Washington we killed a few pigs and we brought them up there and we did a butchering class, butchering class, which was a lot of fun. And everybody got meat. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah, man, that was fun. It was bloody and stinky and it was a good time. And I still had like blood on my clothes for like that smell for a while, <laughs> but it's, it's great, man. It's fun. Uh, yeah. We can't opt out of those. Like we can't opt out of this cycle. Um, especially like, you know, one of the things that's like, I, I get it. Like probably like we all eat too, most of us probably eat too much meat on some level. Like, I think there are like things that like people have valid points on, but also like we need that too. Like there's never been a vegan culture. Like, like show me one culture ever that's vegan. Like you can't do it. Like, we shouldn't be like saying that people can do this because now we can grow stuff in labs. Like, no. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's going to be a weird push and it's going to be an ugly push. And they're going to try to, they're going to try to shame you out of not eating meat. So they couldn't shame you from like watching Bambi. And now they can't shame you from like, you know, whatever it is now. So now they're going to try to fucking shame you. Like my wife tells me this story that uh, when she was in college, there was a group of vegans that they're like, we'll pay you $5 to watch this video. And she was like, she's a college student. She needed five bucks. She's like, okay. She sat there and watched like a half hour video of like, pigs being tortured and chicken like all you know all the terrible things that happen in farms and then they gave her the five bucks and they're like how do you feel she's like hungry i think i'm gonna go get some bacon (laughs) and just like they were like what the fuck (laughs) but uh that is they're trying to shame you you know what i mean that's it's a very it's a shame tactic like throwing blood on people wearing fur and all kinds of things like that. And and to be honest with you, like, I am, I have a set of moralities and ethics. Like, I would never go hunting for the sport of it. Like, I'm not going to go kill an animal that I'm not going to eat. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I have something as far as that goes. Like, I respect life. I understand, like, as a... Like, I, I don't think you're a Christian, but as a Christian, I think that there's a spark of divinity in all living things. And so, but also to me in the Bible, it says, go kill, you know, and eat. Yeah, you know? I, I agree. I think there is divinity in all living. That's what I think what life is. It's like a spark of divinity. I, but also, yeah, like, like, even if you're eating vegetables, like, like, no matter what, like, you have to kill something in order to eat it. Yes, we consume life and that's how we continue to live. Yeah, on a very spiritual plane, like, you can't, like, even if you're just eating leaves, like, well, those leaves are, like, you're eating living cells. Yeah. And they become you, and then you get to live for a little bit, and then stuff is eating you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, this is too, like, they don't have to shame you, because they're going to all have, a, a some, like, some digital dollar where they can track where our money's going. And it'd be, Yeah, so they'll shut like, up. You've yeah. already had a burger this month. You can't have a burger again until next month. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that's exactly what they want with these digi dollars because then they can enter, they can see absolutely everything that you want. And do you know what else is going on right now in Montana? In Montana, they're trying to pass these bills because think of like the most uh, agricultural kind of places where they have tons of cattle, they have tons of buffalo, they have tons of yaks, they have tons yeah. of animals out there. Uh, they're trying to get them to put an RFID chip in every single piece of livestock. They want to be able to track every single animal. They should give them cell phones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but if this is very much about controlling food, man. This is really getting weird. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I can't put my finger on it because, like, what I what I see them doing is like there's such a potential for like this disaster that we've never fucking like no one alive has been really through anything like this. Like, you'd have to go back to like the 30s or something to really get this level of just fucking like engineered society, and it it'll just fail. Like. Like, it didn't work then. Like, do you think that you can have this level of control? Like, when you start to... I think they think that now. Yeah, with with this 5G and this grid that they're trying to trying to bring up and with this digital dollar if that happens and with this COVID-19 vaccine passports with that kind of shit because that's coming, dude. I'm telling you within the next couple of months it's going to be more and more and more normalized there's yeah. a couple of states that are saying no we're not going to do that and that's making me look at idaho even harder yeah but, people are fleeing man and i can't blame them because it's like at some point you're not going to be able to get and it's terrifying like it's absolutely fucking terrifying dude and they have unfortunately they have the moral argument they're like well, if you want to open back up, if you want to have, if you want to be normal again, just take the shot. Like, yeah, do you want well, someone to die? This is to cure people. We're saving lives, you know? And so they can, they can have this, like, they're coming from a place of morality and sensibility and they're trying to, you know, and it's like, I have sovereignty over my own body and I'm not taking an experimental like gene therapy i'm not doing it i've been like whenever i've been asked now i've been always trying to make sure that i mentioned that yeah i've chosen not to do it like always trying to emphasize the choice aspect of it because if we're going to have this argument before we even get to the scientific argument side of it i want to just drag people through the idea of like well do you think i have choice over my own body because a like if you do then you, we can disagree on the science and that's fine because I'm still not going to do it. And B, if you don't think I have choice over my own body, well, I want to know that about you. Like that is something that like we can't go any further. Like you already know the answer. So <laughs> these people don't think you have that. Well, no, it hasn't been like I, I've been surprised actually. Like there are some people. Like I, I think a lot of people haven't really thought about it and they're in a state of fear and it's really easy and I'm tempted to do this too just get all aggravated and like express my fear and frustration with it which doesn't help at all and it's like I think at some point it's like I'm I'm still kind of maybe I'm naive with this but I want to like get 
people engaged with this who are, like I want to kind of break people out of the state of hypnosis because the more people we can do that with like the easier the battle becomes in the next round like, well what's harder and harder is the more people that are getting the vaccine they're not going to admit that they were wrong so they don't want to hear if they don't want to hear oh by the way uh and several studies you know it's it's causing uh Guillain-Barre syndrome oh in several studies it's showing that actually it's giving um people herpes i swear to god they're getting uh shingles uh, type of herpes uh and it's like it was like six out of 200 people it gave them shingles in this one control study group uh they don't want to hear that like it's giving this amount of people bell's palsy they don't want to hear that it's like causing like there's these this many people that are that have fucking basically dropped dead like they don't want to hear any of those things because they've already taken it and they don't want to they don't want what they did to have been an accident or a mistake yeah I get that. <clears throat> I mean, I also think that this is a, like, this is a process. So it's not just this one vaccine and it's over with. They're going to have another one in, you know, eight months. And there's going to be another one. So yeah. I kind of look at this as like, well, maybe you took the first one. I don't know. I don't know what that means. But, and who knows, man? Like, they, they might force us at some point to do this too, man. Like, there might be like, you might get like the military at your door. Yeah. Like, I mean, but like maybe don't take the second one. Like maybe just like that's as far down that road you go. Well, I fantasize about how much easier life would be if I just let them poke me. <laughs> because I mean, life is going to be so much easier in that way. But you go back to sleep. Yeah, I mean, you think about that guy in the Matrix that like yeah. would have do anything. He's like, just just put me back in. Just he goes, I know. He's like, I'm tasting the steak. I know it doesn't exist, but it tastes it, and I can feel it. I'm chewing it, like so. It doesn't matter. Just put me back to sleep. You know, and I don't know if I was happier asleep or not. I don't think people are. I think that what it is is you don't know why you're not happy. So you yeah. you you find all of this stuff that's pissing you off and you blame shit and you're like, I'm pissed off because of this and that. You know, I'm pissed off because I'm at a red light. No, you're not. You know what I mean? Like there's like there's a million other things that like that are fucking just, just under the surface. And then all of a sudden this one little thing happened and you have to wait in your car an extra thirty seconds. Something that you were probably planning on doing, like, you know, it wasn't out of the ordinary, and it just flips you off. My wife just, my wife is uh, next to me, and uh, she just said, uh, she texted me, she goes, I wouldn't have married you if you were asleep. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> I've got a good woman here. <laughs> yeah, that's good, yeah, and I think that, um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think the asleep I don't, I don't want to like make it like such a dichotomous thing. I'm sure I'm asleep and blue pilled in a lot of ways, but like I, I don't think it makes you more happy to be asleep. I think it just it obscures why you're unhappy and you can't actually deal with the things that are bothering you because you don't know what they are. 
Like that's why yeah. people go to therapy, right? Like they have to well, figure out like these shadows that they have. It, well, it is. It's a place of like, uh, what's the right word for it? Like, it's a place of uh, like ignorance, yes, but it's like it's also you have no autonomy because you don't know who you are, or what you're doing or what the things that are going around you. So you can't control anything. You can't control anything in your life. Once you see what the fuck is going on, like some things you still have no control over. And so you can just see it coming, but some things you can get ready for, you know? And so I'm happy that I can see some of this. And sometimes it's, upsetting because there's things that will never like i know that this financial system is going to crash um did you listen to the latest uh i don't know if it was the latest one or the one before um uh new world next week um i saw one where he was talking about um just like all of the quotes that people are given was is that the one you're referring to no, what, the one I was referring to is them saying how the world financial system is so vulnerable to cyber attack. They were talking about how the, they themselves are saying that <clears throat> the system that they have in place are so old and that they are so vulnerable to cyber attack that they think that this is going to happen. And so they're just they're basically writing the narrative. You know, there's going to be a cyber attack from bad guy Russia or somewhere, you know, one of those, and it's going to collapse the world economy. And then they're going to be able to build back. So that's one of those things where I see this coming. We know it's going to happen. And there's nothing you and I can do about it. Besides, I mean, what, what can we do? We can take little bits of money that we have here and there and try to invest it in crypto and gold and and or have a trade or like know how to survive a little bit like try yeah. to have some extra food around try to you know i don't i don't know man make sure yeah, you have yeah. ammo. I, feel like, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that we need to do and it's all very um like it's like we're just like on the ground floor of like so many different buildings we need to climb up and it's like okay so like which one do we go for first it's like do we like learn like some more practical skills do we invest more do you get more guns do you get like an answer is all but yeah yeah so (laughs) what the fuck can i do you know i I want to be able to print guns nonstop and stack them up. And then I want to be able to like make ammo and have a ton of it there. And then I want to have a farm where I've got, you know, cattle out here and I'm killing them and I'm, and I've got a giant freezer and I can, you know, and we have a big farm and a big co-op with friends. And yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think as long as we're doing something like, like, I, I was thinking about that. Like, I feel like what a white pill is, is just, like, instructions. Like, if you can, if you get, like, something where it's, like, oh, I can do this and it's a little bit productive, then, I mean, just, it's so good for your mental health, if nothing else. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, you have to do, you have to do something to keep, 
to keep you you have to do something to keep you fucking uh, occupied occupied with your time and like okay so like old timers and stuff like people used to be afraid of Russia like back in the day when people were really scared of like you know the cold war stuff people were afraid of communism people were afraid of nuclear bombs I heard what well, a throwback to acid rain. People used to be afraid of acid rain. I don't know what happens to that anymore. That was supposed to deforest the world. We had a hole in the ozone layer. I was scared. I thought that acid rain, like I used to actually th- thought I felt it when I was out in the rain. I was like, I feel the acid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. A power suggestion. So I am trying to keep a balance. Like, I don't think anything is... Like, right now, like, reality is pretty fucking good. Like, you go to the stores, they got food on the shelf. Like, I'm reminding myself that. Like, like for all the problems, like, people think that we're in this massive pandemic. And other people are walking around, hugging each other, shaking hands. So... I don't want to be the black pill again, but do you remember when there wasn't food on the shelves? Like... I actually, I think that I was slightly traumatized. Really? Like, yeah. I was like, I was in fucking, well, first of all, do you remember how crazy Costco got? I don't know how often you shop at Costco, never, but never. Costco was so fucking nuts that first of all, there was a line out the fucking door, like an hour plus wait. Yeah. Then second, like people almost looked like they were in hazmat suits and they had those, like, it looked like they had these crazy things where they were like spraying the handles and like the carts and like yep. all for cleaning them. And it was, dude, it was fucking crazy. And they had these big boards that they were telling you of everything that they didn't have. We're out of this. We're out of this. We're out of this. And, uh, and they were just rude as fuck. They were just like, like stay six feet apart. Don't, you know, just like they were yeah. just fucking crazy. And I was like, where is this? Are we like in a bread line and Nazi fucking, you know, where, where the fuck are we in the Soviet Union? Like, it was nuts, dude. There was no rice. There was no beans. There was no toilet paper. They were out of water bottles. There was no hand sanitizer. There was no uh, paper towels. There was no, you know, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. yeah and it's... how fragile society can be when people get scared and yeah. I think the government loves that because if you're scared they can control you you're like a fucking scared animal and they can herd you into a fence oh yeah yeah but as soon as you're in a state of fear you're not thinking and you can be controlled I mean I think a black pill is really good if it gets you motivated to do something different if you like I, th- I think that black pills I mean, I think that black pills ultimately should lead to white pills. Like, you need to, like, face that, like, ultimate, like, oh, shit, like, this is, this is, you need to feel the fear, right? Like, if you tell me there's a tiger down the street and I should take shelter, yeah, I, I might, but, like, I might not, I don't know, I might not believe you, but if I just see a fucking tiger, I am running, I'm running as fast as I've ever ran before. I, I don't need, I might not even know that I'm running because to think that I'm running to have that awareness takes away energy that I could be used to be running, right? Like Yeah. So I just feel like that's like I don't know, like that's just the state of the world. Like every now and then, like you see something, like you feel like a threat and 
I feel like it's coming from all angles, though. They're they're trying to perpetually keep us in a state of fear. So whether so it's gonna be it's gonna be food next, dude. They're gonna start like really shutting down food. Yeah. And this disease thing is whatever it is, like it's the flu, but whatever. Um, but they just made us afraid of the flu. Well, and that's what I, like this. I feel like the fear is a mechanism of control. And I can be aware that like, this is what they're trying to do. But me being afraid and freaking out about it, I'm like, well, that makes it easier for them to do that. And they want to do that. But so you and I, we're not afraid anymore. But the rest of the fucking world still is, dude. And that's the thing that's, to me, that's scary is that, like, there might be a few cows that go, what the fuck? And while the other cows are freaking out and running. And anyways, but where are those weird cows that, but the other thing that I, that I see, um, how much have you been watching with like, um, the government, uh, finally, like, uh, the Pentagon finally acknowledging, uh, UAPs or UFOs? Um, not too much, but, um, they're acknowledging it, man. There's, there's these videos that like this one that I saw, there's a couple, one that looks like, uh, like a pill basically flying in the sky. One kind of looks more like, like your classic kind of saucer, but then one looked like a fucking triangle. Like it looked like a flying pyramid and me and my wife have been watching Stargate and I was like, holy shit, it's the Goulds. But, uh, I don't know if you've watched that or not. It's the evil aliens of that. They fly in pyramids. Uh, I'm getting distracted. Sorry. Those, I feel like this is all, I don't, I don't, do you think that there's fucking aliens flying in the sky or not? Um, potentially, yeah. I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, I wouldn't be, I think that it's very possible that there could be some kind of alien life form behind all of this stuff. I don't know that. I don't like the way things are being orchestrated. It seems like it, it's coming from an intelligence beyond what human. It, I mean, honestly, it just feels like like we're living in a weird like people are becoming pods. Like people like they got like little leeches attached to their brains, and they're just turning into like it's a what's it like invasion of the third kind or something. Like that's yeah. what it feels like to me. <sighs> I. I get I get skeptical because I've read. Okay, so have you ever read Watchmen? The comic. The comic, yeah. I've seen the movie. Okay, I've never watched the movie. I've read the graphic novel. It's fan fucking tastic. But uh, just a quick synopsis for everybody listening. Uh, for all four of you or whoever, whoever's stupid enough to listen to us, especially this far in. <laughs> if you're still listening to us. We love you. Thank you. Uh, but quick synopsis is uh, there's a whole bunch of superheroes, right? And they're all fighting bad guys. And there's this one genius and he sees that the world is falling apart and it's ravished by like civil war and all this crazy bullshit. And he's a, like, he's a fucking crazy genius. And uh, there's this big alien attack and there's all this crazy shit that happens and you find out that he orchestrated that and that the ufo was a craft that he made 
and the alien that they saw was actually like a like a human pig chimera that this guy had made like basically using like CRISPR DNA to like make these new ember you know and he what he was trying to do was he was trying to make this outsized outside foreign threat so that human humanity would work together to fight it like it would like maybe that would be the only thing to unify us as a people to like you know what i'm saying and so and so there's that and then i also if you've ever read ender's game that was also part of it too like ender's game that like uh, that was just another aspect of it like when the aliens came and then the world had to work together and create a one world government to do it and like so so much of that to me like i mean it's a beautiful thought and idea that like we could unify and be together and we could but only if psychopaths aren't the ones that are in charge of that unity and what do we have right now psychopaths like i i just my red flag goes up when i see that shit and i uh, dude me and my wife have seen a fucking what we thought was weird enough where we were like is that a goddamn ufo we're in the middle of no anyways long story short i don't know if i buy that there's a little green man flying in it and or if there's to me, is this problem reaction solution again? Are they trying to get us scared now of an outside threat so that we have to create a one world government to fight whatever this threat is? Like this new space force that we're sinking trillions of dollars into space force. Yeah, and, all this- and this, there's a couple of ways that could be played out. Like it could be that there's aliens colluding with the government. It could be that there's aliens and the government has no idea what the fuck is going on and they're going to use this. It could be that they're just making shit up. You, you know, so it's... Um, I kind of feel that they're making this shit up just like global warming, just like all this other bullshit, just like COVID. Like, it, there might be a seed of truth to it and then they're using it to take power. Well, it's really interesting to me because, like, the older I get, the more I realize that the people like the people who can craft the most believable story and become the ones who are in charge and they just put it people under a spell and how little we actually know like i don't think the earth is flat but i have yet to do an experiment myself on this one way or the other so like i don't know like <laughs> would i be surprised like it wouldn't rock my world if i found out like oh yeah by the way it's flat tomorrow like, Those are I, the I ones that I don't care about because I'm like, yeah, exactly what you said. You're like, oh my god, the Earth is flat. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I've been lied to before about shit. <laughs> like, it's not like, yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, okay, I can still get on an airplane though and fly to England. Well, yeah, okay, the Earth is flat. I, I don't <laughs> I mean unless there really is like dinosaurs hiding behind an ice wall and there's like Nazis and aliens and and this I don't fucking dude, Oh yeah, some, yeah like you can get down uh, to the whole like um Nazis and Antarctica stuff and Yeah, I mean that's an awesome story. And I like it. Like I've heard crazy people tell that story. I'm like, tell me more. 
<laughs> like I like to hear the crazy stories. I want to hear about Bigfoot and how he's interdimensional. And I maybe he is. Fuck if I know, but that makes more sense than him being like flesh and blood. I yeah, I just like the the, the power of what it really comes down to is like the power of story. Once you realize that once you start to believe a narrative, you're under someone's control. Yeah. Yeah, and that's true. They're gonna like they're gonna just like extrapolate data points that you can either observe or like it will make sense to you in some way. And then they're gonna craft them. Like and that's what I was kind of going about earlier about like the national division is that people are just living in different narratives. There's um some some Indian group, I don't know, I, I, I can't think of it right now, but like they have this. What kind of Indians are you talking about? What's that? What kind of Indians are you talking about? Oh, uh, like this, Native Americans right or now. like not not Indian Indians, like but like <laughs> Native American, like you know. Okay, okay. But, okay. but I mean, I, I think maybe like South Americans or something, but I'm not okay. sure. But they're the idea, like the world would divide into two worlds at this time period. Oh, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and this has that... something to do with the Mandela effect and things like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, we're living in radically different realities. Yeah, and whether the case whether the case be that that's true or not, the, the, it's still the same. Like, it, like, we are living different realities. Like, whether in a weird way. And so the Mandela effect is we- true in a weird way. And whether or not, you know, like it's still, the- I don't know how to explain that, but. Well, that uh, might be all a simulation, right? So if this is all a simulation, then we're getting different programs on how the world works. And I mean, yeah. I, I realize that maybe it's not like a simulation in like a way that we understand it, but like we're getting different with, Live like even though we're interacting with each other, we're in different dimensional fields. Well, and in I a think- weird way, dude, if you listen to if you take the Bible literally, God created this out of nothing, right? And he just like out of there was like darkness and light, and he separated it. There was nothing, and then he separated the light from the darkness, and then he like breathed all of this into existence. That I mean, that could be and like this existence is only supposed to be temporary until we die and then we're taken up to a different better existence like that sounds like a simulation to me oh yeah no like the whole idea of like you know in the beginning there's a word and it's just like well if you just place word with code yeah <laughs> i mean it's like and it looks like like and that's like this could be a that could be a means of simulation or it could just be a way of like well, that's the way the world works. Like when you see something, when you have a word for something, that becomes a thing, right? So, like, it, it's interesting. Like, you know what a dog is, right? Like, <laughs> like everyone, like a three-year-old, can understand what a dog is, even though dogs look very different from each other. And if you were to list all the characteristics that would be like, this is a dog, this is a not dog, you would be there for the rest of your life. But just something like you know. Like, it's just a word that has, like, this, like, epigenetic property that's been passed down. And, like, um, you, um, 
you have this idea that like, like, so we all live in, in this world of language. You know, the tree is, even though like a pine tree looks very different than an oak tree, than different than a palm tree. Like, what do these things really have in common? So once, like, once we start to live in different codes, like once we have a different language, then like, how can we, like, we separate in some way, even though we are like, if we run into each other, we'll bump into each other, like our masses will hit, but our minds, whatever that is, like whatever sphere that is, completely different spaces. Yeah. Huh. Well, I, what I, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, what I, what I liked about what you said though, is that like, I, this is what made me think of it. So you said that if, uh, how do you explain that? So if you have, uh, if you have uh, accepted a piece of narrative from someone, if you've accepted something as reality, then they have power over you. They have control over you, right? Yeah. And you've said that like every single different group has is living in their own narrative, and it's so fucking true. It's like, and they get their, the next story, they get the next piece of their narrative from their sources, you know, and, and I'm trying to analyze myself too at the same time. And I'm like, you know, like, I'm like, who has control over me? What, you know, and like, I think about the sources that I gather my information from and the people that I trust and things like that. And I think it is good to be hypercritical of your, you know, of, you know, the different things, your influences as well. 100%, yes. Because, uh, I mean, somebody is looking at us like we are fucking batshit crazy right now. They know that Donald Trump is literally Hitler, and they know that he was colluding with, with Putin. What, Rachel Maddow said so. It must be true. It must be true. You know, I... Oh, dude, people living in their own narratives and uh, and how they're controlled. That's how do we fight that? And so, I mean, I think the big thing is, is rewriting a narrative, uh, making our own narrative. And does it have to be like, so how do you get someone? How do you reprogram someone? Uh... How do we wake people up? And are we just trying to brainwash them into our narrative? That's... Well, we can <laughs> be for sure. I mean, because there is the whole, um, and, and I see this a lot in kind of like the conspiracy, whatever, like all conspiracy freedom world right now yeah. is that there is a kind of like coalition going on. And I think some of it is just kind of like, think like us, think like us. And I think that that's not good. I think it's more about figuring out like, what is the, like, it's not the outcome, it's a process. Like, I don't care what you think, but I am concerned with the process which you got there. If we disagree on something, but I know you got a good thought process, I'll be okay if like you get your way with some things, right? But if I know your thinking process is shit, that I need to fucking win every single fucking thing because I will trust you. And then mm -hmm. like, then my thought process becomes shit and then you need to win everything with me. Like, so I think it's really, it's, it's just process. It's like, um, 
like you said, questioning everything, having just just assuming you you ate the blue pill on every single issue. And it's like, well, how do I get out of here? How do I get from truth if I'm believing all lies? And I think yeah. that I'm just trying to like maybe like like we gotta be the change. I mean, I think and just like engaging with people in this way. I feel like because it, it's been normalized to be really rude to people, and I feel like there's this idea that like bullies are rude. Like, and it's not that like people become bullies because they're rude. I think it's because like or like dumb people become bullies. But I think it's just become. Like, if you're a bully in your life, people avoid you, and you just don't get a lot of information, and you become dumb. Like, that's what I've noticed, is that hmm. the mainstream has normalized being rude to people, and when people are rude, like, you just, you give up on them. Like you're just like, I don't want to fucking, I don't want to get into it with you because you're just going to give me a lot of shit, and I'd rather not deal with this stuff. And over time, like that person will become, I, and I've seen it happen with, I've seen really smart shop people who were just fucking not nice and they just become fucking idiots. Yeah. Or they just become so isolated that, yeah. Every celebrity, like every late night talk show host ever. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, I had something I was gonna say, but I fucking forgot. <laughs> uh, it's late, my friend. We just passed the two-hour mark, and we did it on one take. We did it on one take. Yeah, we're getting better. Sweet. <laughs> well, I think let's think of a couple ways we can wrap this up. Um, I think that it is good to question yourself and where your thoughts you know what your personal narrative is and where you got that narrative and are these original thoughts or are you picking these up from you know the ether or people around you and it's good to inspect those those people around you and uh don't give up on people if you love them keep talking to them try to wake them up if you can, dude, I'm going to try to talk my mom and sister out of getting the fucking jab, but I don't know if that's going to, you know, I don't know if that's going to work or not. And, but don't give up because if, if you love them, they're worth fighting for. And you got closing thoughts or. I would say, yeah, good luck with that. Um, I, I agree with what you said. And I would just say, um, the only thing I could add to it is just not coming from a place of fear. I'm being aware of that because it's so easy. And I go down this all the time when I get freaked out about stuff and yeah, like I, I get into a state of control because that that's how they get you. They get you through fear. That's how, that's how they put the brain slug in your skull. Yeah. So that's, my only additional add-on to that and like I said I agreed with what you said so yeah great man alright brother yeah man <laughs> alright All right, talk to you later hey. alright later bye